Arr, grog. Hey everyone, welcome to the Soda Shed podcast. I'm Matthew Weir, and I'm joined only by Kerry Warbis this week as Peter Fickling is moving out, moving in, moving on up. Which one is it, Kerry? Moving on up. Yeah, he's gone uh, but to... No. Oh, sorry. Ah, uh, no, Liz Truss used that. So we can't oh, have that, yeah. can we? Moving Out is a very great song by Billy Joel that opens his 1977 classic album, The Stranger. How does that go? I would sing it, but I'm worried that I would get sued by the Billy Joel estate. <laughs> I don't think they're probably <laughs> listening to this. You never know, Kerry. I was gonna, I was just going to sort of turn up my Heather What's-A-Face Kermit sound then. You know, like, moving on up. <laughs> Heather Small. scared me now. Yeah, that's it. She sounds like Kermit. You went Heather Biggs. <laughs> <laughs> Any road. He's moved house. He's eating fish and chips on the staircase like you have to do when you move into a new place. Yeah. I, I, he's all excited and I'm very happy for him. He's got out of the big smoke. Good mm. for him. He's gone to his own little private. Well, I don't know. Where do they go in the seaside in the Archers? Yeah, I don't know. Where is a seaside near Ambridge and that? They've probably got some sort of fake beach type situation, haven't they? Just outside Waterley Cross. Lest we forget Justin and Lillian's terrible visit to the Isle of Wight. Oh my God. Well, that's nowhere near where they're based, is it? Well, anyway, listen, as you might tell, Kerry and I, we're quite delirious. Uh, we came, <laughs> we, we dragged ourselves out of the Christmas and New Year period, went back to work, and uh, we've been off air chatting about the fact that we just don't know what's going on in real life or the archers. Yeah, a bit of a shock to the system, wasn't it? Going back to work. Oh, I didn't like it. I love work. I love my workplace, but oh dear, no. Imagine that, and then like your workplace is um, belligerent kids. Oh, Matthew, I feel for you. That's another good song. Before we bust into full karaoke mode, <laughs> maybe we'll maybe we'll save that for the next Patreon. And while we're on the subject, thanks to everyone that signed up for the Patreon and the special over Christmas. Really helps us out. If you missed it, you can always still get involved. It means you get the episodes early. And you would have heard Kerry tell her two truths and one lie. I am descended from Perkin Warbeck, pretender to the throne of England. Okay. Okay. Right. And I have slept with Lemmy from Motorhead. Mm -hmm. um, I sang in the interval when ABBA won the Eurovision Song Contest with Waterloo in Brighton. Right. Is it, has someone got a marital aid going off? Because there's a buzzing in their background. Many things will be learned if you sign up for the Patreon. Not least, did one of us have a marital aid going off? Turns out someone did, didn't they? they well, there was a marital aid in the room, but we're not going to say who it belonged to. All right, OK, after such blatant self-promotion, let's put in an ad. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, Kerry, before we go any further, a couple of shout outs that I was too distracted to make last week because... It was such a whirlwind trip, and I don't think I even mentioned. I only made the gate for my flight by three minutes. When we wrapped up the interview with Maddie, I was like, okay, now I'm going to bed, and then I'm going to get up, and it's all going to be great. And that did not happen because I woke up an hour and 30 minutes before my flight was due to be leaving. And I just wanted to give some real shout-outs to people I promise I would who have supported the podcast. First of all, two pubs, the Three Horseshoes in Frampton-on-Severn, which provided me with much therapy while I was wandering around the country while I was there. Sam behind the bar, absolute star. And uh, everyone promised to have a listen to the podcast. If you're in the environs of Frampton on Severn, Gloucestershire, whatever, wonderful pub, wonderful beer, amazing pies, dog friendly, get in there. And also the Quinton House in Clifton. I was in there and I met Alison, Adam and Joe. And Adam had filmed at Pebble Mill in the 90s, he made a documentary, a little mini documentary about the making of the archers. And what he told me <laughs> cannot be repeated, I'm afraid. <laughs> but yeah, he told us some very interesting stories about uh, Norman Painting, who played, played Phil Archer, Sam Barraskell, who played John Archer. And was it Jack May that played Nelson Gabriel? Yes, yeah. The lawyers would not allow us to repeat <laughs> what. Well done for recording it, though, Matthew. Yeah, yeah, Kerry's heard it. Uh, Peter's heard it. Um, I mm. witnessed it, but I promised as he was saying it, I cannot release any of this, I'm afraid. <laughs> but it was all good, all good copy. Um, mm. Joe, who was mm. Alison's son, was getting particularly stressed that this was going to come out, and Adam, who was their friend. That we'd just broadcast the whole thing. Yeah, that we were just going to broadcast the whole thing. And I was like, no, because if I broadcast this, we get in trouble as well. So we're not going to do that. But yeah, mm. it was very, very illuminating. Anyway, without further ado, Kerry... I'm a little bit concerned Mm -hmm. that at some point, Max and Mimi are going to commandeer the mic and ask me to marry you. Ah, wouldn't that be lovely and very weird? (laughs) (laughs) I liked the uh, proposal thing. I did foresee it. I was, you know, like you're the prize guy at um, Predictions. I am. Can you hear that there's a guy who's having trouble starting his car outside my window right now? Uh, No. Okay, it sounds like he's throttling a horse. Good, good. Um, yeah, I did say on on the Twitters that um, Chelsea and Brad would get together and do the proposing. You did. I saw that. Yeah, playing my own trumpet here. Well, you thought they would push each other. Did was it you that said that you thought they would just shove them into each other and force them into doing yeah, it? Or yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. it'd be a private little thing with the four of them. I didn't think they'd take the mic, so I didn't get it quite right. But um, I, I thought, God, can you imagine being in that pub, sort of like, yeah, let's go for New Year's Eve, and then some kid takes over the microphone. What's going on here about a pair of people that you haven't a clue about? Was it Tracy or Jazza that said, is she going to (laughs) sing? Yeah, it was Tracy, wasn't it? 
Yeah. What's she going to do? Like bang out a number? What was it going to be? Because I couldn't, I had trouble recognizing any of the songs that were playing in the background. There was some good stuff. It was like quite funky, wasn't it? Quite funky, soul y stuff. I remember mentally noting, oh, they're playing some better stuff than they do in the tea room anyway. Well, good enough for Stella to get up and, oh, oh Jesus yeah. Christ, give it up, mate. The car is dead he's probably hot wiring it or something <laughs> i once caught some people hot wiring a car outside my front door anyway yeah i think oh, now i've lost my, <laughs> lost my sorry the hot wire <laughs> yeah they hot wired uh, stella, stella. yeah they ha- i wish someone would <laughs> yeah the stella pip free song is going up a gear isn't it don't you think it is pelvic bones oh yeah when she said you're like, in oh, good yeah. shape my girl yes it's all Moist happening isn't it? oh kerry you just i mean you're getting you're there ahead of me <laughs> all of my notes <laughs> tick 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 yeah that was all on a monday night you sounded a bit like pip when you said yeah then kerry you undulated a little oh. She was making some very strange noises when she went to the pub for the burger with Lottie. But she apparently was getting all down her front because she was eating like some kind of savage. Yeah, her New Year's resolution is to be able to eat without spilling stuff all down her front. No wonder Rosie's a bit... I don't know what word to say. (laughs) (laughs) Questionable. Yeah, her New Year's resolution was to eat a burger without pouring all of the pickles, mayo and sauce, whatever, down her front. What were the other resolutions? Oh, they were great, weren't they? Lottie said she was going to do some stand-up comedy, even if it's five minutes on a open mic session. And then Pip said, where did this come from, Lottie? And I thought Lottie was going to say, well, I've been hanging out with you for a week, Pip. <laughs> Shitloads of material. Yeah. yeah, Pip has to sort of always say... Oh, when when we were at school together 20 years ago, you weren't like that at all. I've got, you know, she has to keep sort of saying, <laughs> I knew you 20 years ago really, really well. I think I pointed out last week, didn't I, that Pip just said, Lot has never been like that, but I haven't seen her for like 4 yeah. million years. Weird, weird, weird. Pip's resolutions were to stay friendly with Toby, even if they disagree on stuff, to be a good mum and daughter, not sister notice ah she did say that yeah Mm. to make rosie happy that's never gonna happen is it and stop using jars of pasta and then fast forward she was giving ben some jars (laughs) of something or other she She was don't worry i've got some parmesan like that makes everything fine uh and she said uh, and stop using jars of pasta sauce to continue to farm responsibly and to manage the energy crisis. And Lottie then went, but where's the stuff for you? And I thought, oh, don't encourage her. And then we had this whole thing about the fact that Madison uses mm. the correct oh, terms. Absolute gold. Vulva and vagina. And that seemed to set Twitter ablaze. Well, yes. Because Pip sort of said, oh, how funny Rosie is. One minute she's drinking washing up liquid and the next minute she acts like she's the grown up. Yeah, one minute she's drinking washing up liquid and the next minute she's explaining that I need to call 999 because she's been poisoned <laughs> from drinking washing up liquid. And I didn't notice because I was doing something else. Lottie then sort of went, oh, Maddie's just the same. She laughed at a friend for saying she, she, because it's a made up word. And we've always used the correct terms. And Pip 
just went, what? You say vagina? And the whole of Twitter just went. Yeah. (laughs) Not our corner of Twitter, I have to say, Carrie. Well, no, but it was quite funny to hear it said. And then um, Lottie went, uh, well, it was actually the vulva she was talking about again. But Pip, it made Pip squirm a bit, didn't she? She's like, oh, what? You actually call it that? We, uh, Rosie calls it the Nunu. Oh, was it the Nunu? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was the Lulu. Well, it might as well be. I mean, maybe when Toby sees it, I don't know. It makes him twist and shout. <laughs> oh, Matthew. Because there is a word that's nun, isn't there? Which is a bit like Nunu. Well, I mean, that puts a whole new meaning to the word, like you're getting nun tonight. <laughs> But I did think, what is what is the point of this conversation? Is it to show that Lottie's this very progressive, say it like it is kind of character? Is you know there has to be a point behind this being highlighted? All right, but why does Lottie show up on the word of her own five-year-old that she can immediately book into the B and B at Brookfield? Wasn't that a bit odd tonight? Yeah, Pip did say. Ooh, you can come and test out the B&B but there definitely was no tomorrow or a day mentioned or anything like that was and apparently this arrangement was made in the playground between Rosie and Madison Mm. that was a bit of a red flag for me I thought something's off excellent so Lottie's a bit insane do you think yes (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think so I mean because why would you just show up with all your bags packed on the basis Mm. of like my five-year-old spoke to another five-year-old and yes now we're gonna pack and now we're gonna stay in your house tonight all that Pip Mm. said was you should come and be guinea pigs but I don't think she said she didn't set a date no. And she just walked into the kitchen where David and Ruth were. Yeah. I mean, while we're on the subject mm. of people's mental health, Elena, the nurse, had the meeting <gasps> with the rest of Brookfield, which was all a bit... I mean, I was... the, the build-up to that was awful, wasn't it? Because it was Pip, Ruth and David in the kitchen yeah. just sniping at each other. about. Yeah. First of all, it was about whether the window should be open or not. And they were like, I was feeling frozen. And then someone, someone was feeling stuffy. Yeah. And then they said to Pip, Pip, frozen or stuffy? And I thought she was going to say like, uh, what, what Toby calls my vagina? <laughs> Vulva, actually. Oh, sorry. They've been chronic, haven't they? Chronic calls. Ruth and David, she wanted the window shut. He turned the heating off because it was stuffy. They couldn't even agree on that. And then David was going, how long is the meeting? When is the meeting? I need to know because I need to plan it around my work and Pip's like yes we all have to do that because we're all busy and actually Pip brought them both down to earth didn't she and said look stop it I, I do find it interesting that more and more Ruth and David are clashing about stuff I do think it's going to just continue one of them said we need to get our stories straight I know Ruth said that didn't she I mean I was expecting Ben to come back from the milking and find that the whole rest of Brookfield had been sectioned under the mental health act <laughs> and he had the place to himself <laughs> well, I did think Elena that... was just like sorry mate like yeah. get this lot in they need help was she was she a counsellor or a nurse or what? I didn't actually catch what her... Oh, I thought she was a mental health nurse. Oh, right. Okay. So not a counsellor or therapist or... I, did, I didn't really know. Mm, maybe I so got that wrong. So she's Ben's but... mental health nurse. I think so. I mean, people, you know, there would be people screaming at their 
their mobile devices as I'm saying this, but I thought that's what she was. Cool. Yeah, probably. It was just, it, it was so funny because she had that very electronic robot voice because, because it was done over a screeny type thing, wasn't it? So she's, it was like one of those, did you ever see those makeover programs where there's a robot <laughs> woman? So, Obviously not. Turn up, haven't you? No. Oh, I wish I could remember what it was called, where people turn up and uh, this judgmental electronic robot voice tells them what they should wear instead. It was a bit like that for me. I really hope at least one listener knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> that sounds just uh, like me trying on clothes before we go out on a Friday night. <laughs> Does it? It was a very strange session altogether. I mean, she was saying, oh, well, you run a farm and, you know, it's good for him to get involved. But she clearly has no real insight into what it's like on a human level on Brookfield because she said, mm. you know, take slow steps and slowly you should move back to something that feels more like normal life. And I was like, it's Brookfield, Elena. Yeah. It's never been no a normal life thing. there. Yeah. Ain't going to happen. I did. I was really properly laughing. I was, it, obviously, it's not funny, the whole <laughs> proper situation, but I liked it when Elena sort of went, oh only you three here is it and they said oh yeah josh isn't able to come because of a delivery issue and david was like this should have been his priority and then ruth went oh ben's gran isn't here because david decided it was best for that <laughs> david went don't say it like that and ruth was like what that's what you said right in front of the nurse counselor lady i've been watching the final series of the crown recently in that episode where like they have all the divorce counseling oh god oh and it's just all these people are pretty much confirming why they're getting divorced and i felt like that was what i was listening to listening to david and ruth yeah and david then said um because elena asked what's bothering you currently and david said uh oh well ben giving up his nursing course and ruth went i thought we weren't going to go on about that it was like i'm not going on about it <laughs> it was very well written i thought she's probably making notes right now to either remove yeah. ben from the house i mean I said this last week or even the, the week before we took the break. I don't remember there ever being a conversation that he was going to move back into Brookfield and out of the house with Josh. It just seems to have been assumed yeah. that he needs to be in there. And he doesn't bloody need to be in the house with those two. Worst possible place. Those two and Pip hanging around. I do worry a little bit. I mean, he's on meds. Quite often I've heard tales of people whose partners have suffered from depression and stuff like this. And they said mm. that when they start to feel more upbeat and seem more upbeat, that's because they've decided that's how they're, they're going to end things. And like they can see a oh. way out. They can see the end of the tunnel. I remember this woman saying that the day that her husband attempted suicide, he woke up and he was brighter than he had been because he was in his head. He was like, right, it's over now. There was a clarity kind of thing. And I do wonder if that if there's a little bit of that in this storyline. Oh, because Ben's quite upbeat, isn't he, right now? Because he's, yeah. he's enjoyed doing the milking, feeling useful and looking after Rosie and stuff. And I don't want to like pour scorn on anyone that does take medication and feel better because obviously that happens as well. Um, no, but it was interesting to hear David say, so when, they, when he starts feeling better, can he come off the meds or will he be on them forever? It's a pretty valid question though, isn't it? At this stage to ask it, I don't know. It felt a bit weird because at the point at which you start feeling better, maybe it's the meds that are helping you feel better. So you've got exactly. to be careful. But then to, to take it from that point to will he be on them forever? You know, there's a, there is a middle ground. 
which is just bide your time a little bit. Don't sort of think, oh, he seems better. Take him off the meds because I don't want him to be on them forever. You have to be quite careful. It's a massive vicious cycle, isn't it? Because I know people who have taken meds for like psychosis and depression. And when they start to feel better, there is this elation of like, oh, I'm better now. And it's the meds. And then they stop taking the meds and then they they feel bad again. And Mm. then they get doubly depressed because they realise the only thing that was making them feel better was the medication. So it's really difficult, isn't it? Or a big part of it was the medication, because it's not, the thing about it is it's not a linear journey, is it? Oh, I hate journey. Why have I said that? But it's not a linear trajectory recovery or anything like that. It's it's very bumpy and up and down, depending on all manner of different things. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of people that had clinical depression rather than circumstantial. So medication was vital to them. Oh, yeah, definitely. But nevertheless, it's still not a um, progressive line going in one direction smoothly, is it? Oh, no, 100%. I suppose, I guess David was asking because he is naive about it and is concerned and blah, blah, blah. But I thought, you know, this is all so fresh. We love to rib Brookfield. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But the truth is parents probably would be asking those really awkward questions, wouldn't they? I'm absolutely sure that's quite true to real yeah, life. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, yeah. We, well, we got there in the end. We praised Brookfield, Kerry. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I can't. I can't agree to that. <laughs> Although I, I was cheering Ruth on at a later episode when they were at the dinner with Vince. No, well, I was just about to say one person who isn't quite praising Brookfield is Elizabeth. She's a little bit torn, isn't she? I feel that Elizabeth is going through the same emotions as our Peter is because Peter loves Vince. Or Mm. should I say in the past tense, loved. Mm. When we were doing the episode with Maddie, he murmured under under his breath, he's dead to me. Did you hear that (laughs) on the mic? (laughs) He's dead to me. I know. Um, which is a bit hard because he's not dead to me. This is what I don't understand, actually, in terms of Peter. And Peter can mm. have the right to reply next week. Why is he so upset with Vince? Because all Vince did was have a go at David and have a go at Ben. Neither of neither of those characters Peter likes. I have. I've switched off with Vince, too, because I think it's just like anyone who like bowls into a pub shouting their head off, wanting to punch someone's face in which was Ben, mm-hmm. about a one-night stand. You know, he, his behaviour has been reprehensible, I think. And he realises that, though, doesn't he? He said it. I don't know. Does he? Does he? I, I very much don't know about that. And I think all he's thinking is, oh, shit, I f- things up with Elizabeth. I've got to do whatever she wants me to do to get back in her good books. I definitely do not think he properly feels he did anything wrong yeah from his perspective he knows that he has a temper and he felt he reacted badly i didn't really like about the fact that we had to go back in his rose-tinted memory about how he was like that morning when i came back from manila and we got it on at lower loxley yeah he was like i can't stop thinking about that yeah yeah but then i went round to kick the shit out of your nephew and it ruined everything felt like he was rubbing his knees like Vic Reeves. How much is he aware of, you know, what Jill said to Ben, what Ben actually went through? And it's funny, isn't it? We're talking so much about Ben and Vince and Ben and Vince. What about Chelsea in all well, of this? For the most part, 
she seems to have yeah. dealt with it. Um, yeah. I mean, there was that lovely moment when she said to Brad, you know, I could have gone out in clubbing in Felpsham or I could have gone round to Scarlett's house party, but like you, you were the people that got me through. Yeah. I mean, she got a bit choked up, didn't she, on the mic and had to hand the mic over to Brad. Yeah. Brad had to take over and deal with it. So yeah, they were such a good pair trying to work out what to do that night. I think. What did we think of Susan's reaction, <laughs> and in turn Trace's reaction to Susan? <laughs> I got a feeling they um, saved a bit of money on the archers. Oh, I think they they cut a little bit of um a bit of audio and used it again because when. <laughs> Susan was upset that Neil had made Shula lasagna when she was stricken <laughs> after falling off Roly the bloody donkey or whatever he was. Yes. She went, quite a complicated dish. And mm. she said to Tracy, quite an unconventional way to go about things. So she likes a bit of quite mm. and an adjective. It was prime Susan, wasn't it? Awful, awful, awful Susan behaviour. Just at the moment, your sister, who's had terrible times is having a joyful occasion happen you've got to i mean she brought out a really awful top trump terrible card which was um well it's a good job you didn't do it on um the anniversary of nick's death it was their wedding anniversary wasn't oh, it? oh that's it yeah it wasn't the death was it it was the anniversary i mean for god's sake to bring that up as a guilt tripping you know, you really should be thinking. Didn't Nigel fall off the roof on New Year's Eve? Oh, probably. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> he was getting, yeah. yeah, I thought he did. Yeah. Oh, it was New Year's Day or, yeah, it was around New Year's. Well, New it? Year's Day was, yeah, was Will and Nick's wedding anniversary. I mean, I don't think Elizabeth yeah. was getting upset about it. But I think all of that was just a smokescreen in the end, wasn't it? Well, it was. I mean, yeah, she's like, oh, the reason I was such an absolute <laughs> then was because I really, really feel protective towards Tracy since our mum died and since our dad's, like, got no say in anything. That is no excuse. Clary would be more upset about it being Will and Nick's anniversary anyway. It's not Susan's job to be upset about that. And let's not forget poor Neil. He was sitting with his feet up in front of the fire with Grisham. Yeah, off mic. It's amazing they got an author to be there with him with his feet up by the fire. <laughs> God knows um, how much they had to pay for it. Probably couldn't pay for him to speak. I did think that. I did look to see whether he's still alive. And he is. He's 67. So yeah. he actually was with Neil. And so he abandoned John Grisham <laughs> and said, I'll drive you to the bull to, you know, make it up with Tracy. And she was like, oh, well, I'll take that hamper that we won. But poor Neil, he's just, he was just having a lovely time of things. And he's got to sort out his stupid missus's errors. I, 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 don't, I just didn't buy her, oh, this all comes from a place of protection and love. It's not excusable, is it, that she pissed on her chips? The initial thing was, it was um, fear of missing out, wasn't it, uh, past the event. She wasn't there at the bull because Alice yeah. and Chris went out and they had to babysit. And she was just a little bit shitty that she wasn't there. I think. Yeah, she did say that herself. She did say that herself and then said, oh, it's because since mum died, I feel like I need to look after her. She's had her heart broken before. It didn't ring true, really, did it? I thought it was pathetic, really. But then they went round for a very awkward <laughs> dinner. Which was the most awkward dinner? Matthew, can I just say, 
I, I've just, I'd just like to say, I really like your top. <laughs> it looks soft. Thank you, Kerry. It's very kind of you. <laughs> yeah, it was awkward, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, which was more awkward, though? The fancy restaurant with Vince, Elizabeth, mm. David and Ruth, or Neil, Tracy, Susan, Jazza? It would have been good to have those two going backwards and forwards, those scenes, (laughs) rather than having it on two different nights, wouldn't it? Oh, Neil, bless him again. He was like, red, white, rosé, what what would you like? You know, Jazza was blundering around, sort of going, oh, it smells nice. When can we tuck in? Missing the whole point of the thing, wasn't he? As usual, there are no subtleties with him. And... uh... She, Susan was upstairs changing her top from what to what. I don't know. I presume because she'd got hot pot all over it. She'd been slaving <laughs> away in the kitchen. A hot pot top. Or maybe Pip had come round to taste the food and it just bit into it and just splattered <laughs> it all over it Susan. Yeah, I, I think it all came good quite quickly, really, didn't it? At Neil and Susan's, which was quite sweet. Yeah, Susan's speech should have had Jerusalem playing under it or something. I thought it was quite moving, actually. Enough Barrow talk. I want to do a speech. (laughs) Neil chuntering on about pigs. I did like the fact, going back to the fancy restaurant, I mean, it's absolutely dire, wasn't it? The only thing missing (laughs) in that was the sound that Peter plays when I make a terrible gag with the tumbleweed and the wind and the bells. Yeah. Where Vince was there going, oh, I could get the pork medallions and I'd probably be <gasps> falling. And he was like, they're minuscule. The portions in places. Like- <laughs> <laughs> David played a blinder in that. That's sort of like amazing. You've, you've never seen Seinfeld, have you? No, I haven't. Much to my shame. Yeah, there's a really good scene in Seinfeld where obviously Jerry Seinfeld is the stand-up comedian in it. His best friend, George Costanza, starts dating this beautiful woman. And um, she he's worried that Jerry Seinfeld will appear funnier than him at dinner. So he forces Jerry Seinfeld to be really serious and dour. And that's kind. And then she becomes she falls in love with him because he's so deep and serious. And it totally backfires. Well, you know, birthdays, it's just one year closer to death. Happy birthday. No such thing. And that's kind of what I felt David was, David. was channeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, then, and then, like, Vince toasted to, he wanted to toast a long life. And David <laughs> wanted to I toast to, I don't remember I think. That. And then oh, um, David wanted to toast to decent milk prices. And I thought, why didn't someone, Elizabeth have just said, here's to long life milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, combine the two. Uh, but yeah, but fair play though. Like David went out and went, don't worry, we'll pay the bill. I thought Vince was going to go, all right, Elizabeth. <laughs> don't have to pay the fucking bill either. You fucking daft for brothers. Gonna... Oh, sorry. Apologies <laughs> oh, to anyone good. from Birmingham. Oh, it went very high as well. High pitch. But I thought like one one thing, like it shouldn't have ever been in a restaurant, this conversation, should it? That's a power play by Vince. And it's very yeah. controlling and you can't express yourself. In a place like that, you know, that sort of discussion, which was heated, emotional, should never have been started in that restaurant. Did Vince really think that they'd all have a lovely time with the salmon mousse and just smooth everything over? That Obviously not. Salmon mousse is pretty smooth. (laughs) Yes, but... It just shouldn't have been there. I wanted them to be in some sort of like um, really sweaty MMA ring or something. (laughs) 
you know, with blood coming out of their noses and just shouting at each other. Going, you don't realise that Ben was suicidal. And What, you mean the, the B&B? <laughs> yeah, is that what it's like? Like an octagon. That, that sex room is an octagon. Yeah, Ruth did say, she came quite close, didn't she, to saying, uh, oh, you, you wanted to break him and that's exactly what you did. Vince doesn't know, does he? No, and that's annoying, isn't it, that Elizabeth hasn't told him. I mean, Ruth said that Elizabeth doesn't even trust you enough to tell you something so sensitive. But they got outside afterwards and she was like, no, Vince, you've done everything you needed to do. You've done your end of the deal. And he said, so how do you feel about him? And she went, let's go home. So essentially she was like, do you know when I really want to f*** you? An angry shag. When you've just pissed off my brother and his wife in a fancy restaurant. Yeah, I loved... And they fronted the bill. Let's go. <laughs> I, you've never been sexier. Yeah, someone on Twitter just put, um, Elizabeth just wants a shag, doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> Which I retweeted. Well, I really thought like the ghost of Nigel was going to be ever present this week because she's had this bust up with Vince and then mm. obviously there's the whole thing with Nigel. Was it 10? Is it 10 years? God, forgive me if it's longer than that, but no, I it feels like 2012 that he fell off, that David pushed him off the well, roof. Well, you would know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a bit vague on that. <laughs> but are you, are you not entirely infuriated and frustrated with Elizabeth about this on so no, many fronts. No, 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 she no. She should no, have no, told I... Vince everything. She shouldn't she she didn't see him Christmas, she didn't see him New Year, but has missed him. Oh, and that sodding bowl. Would that bowl win Peter over? I loved your bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he didn't paint it. He didn't go there with the Who's the ten year old daughter, by the way? It's his youngest. I know, but did you know he had a 10-year-old? Yeah, hasn't he got daughters from different marriages? I don't know. I think don't so. Shelley, been... the 10-year-old. I bet, you know, either Shelley made it herself and it was a Christmas present to him, or she's going to, Elizabeth's going to walk past a window, shop window in Felpersham, and there'll be thousands of these <laughs> deep fruit bowls with autumn leaves painted on. Yeah, Underwoods, um, and on offer. Yeah, and she, or Poundland or something. And she'll realise... That I I did do a tweet and it did quite well about um that very thing and I th- I thought this would be amazing if that's the thing that tips her into dumping Vince the autumn leaf bowl realization moment that he lied about that there was a couple of other things when Lottie and Pip were over at uh, Rickyard and Madison and Rosie were jumping up 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 and down on the beds upstairs Mm. Lottie said you do realize they're jumping up and down on the beds up there and she went oh don't worry Rosie jumps up and down on those all the time if the cottage wasn't structurally sound it would have collapsed by now (laughs) it's like Jesus Pip (laughs) Rosie. And there was another bit where um, Stella and Brian, <laughs> we should give them a little bit of oh, yes, coverage. Yes, yes, just, well just, just because Stella is fantastic. Yes, she is. Her voice is electric. I absolutely I love, love it. She was great on EastEnders. I can remember, I haven't watched EastEnders for a long, 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 long time, but I can remember her being on it. And even on that, she's very, very engaging visually and vocally. Spot on. Absolutely. Yeah. Huge fan of Stella. And I think there is still that tiny nugget of suspicion about her being a Justin Mole. Someone posted on our Facebook about that tonight saying, did I dream it or was this whole thing? Did Justin 
take Stella out for dinner. Yeah. No, you did not imagine it. Mm. That did happen. Especially because there was a mention of MI5, wasn't there, this week? My brain is so tired, I haven't had time to come up with farming James Bond jokes. But they will <laughs> they will come. Is it Brian said, we're going to have robots surveying where we're using chemicals. And I thought Adam? one of them was going to say, Adam's coming back. <laughs> yes. I put that as well in my notes. But honestly, mm. I could listen to Stella actually mm. list farming techniques oh. for like an hour and I'd be like, yeah, I'm cool with this. Just keep going. Yeah. Tell me about bale silage. She pretty much did that, didn't she? What competition did Tracy win in order to get New Year's Eve off? Oh, is this a joke? No, it's a question. She won a competition. <laughs> yeah. I do not remember this at all. She won the, the bull boxing day past the pig tournament. What? That's what Jazza said to her. You've earned this night off. You're the, the champion of the, the bull boxing day past the pig tournament. That's why she wasn't the working on music. What the hell is that? They pass a pig. Is it Rosie? <laughs> oh, God. The only thing you didn't need to do there, Kerry, <laughs> was do that. Okay. And having done that, let's have an ad. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, Kara is a terrible person. Yes. <laughs> I do. Uh, oh, there's another thing I meant to tell you about when I was back in England, but I forgot mm. to tell you because we did that Patreon special. Yeah. And the next day I was going to a garden center with my dad. And we're in the car and he said to me, so is everything, how's everything with your cod piece? <laughs> and I said, what? And he said, did everything go okay with your cod piece? And it took about a full minute of driving down this A road when I said, do you mean podcast? <laughs> he should and he know. Said, and he said, yes. <laughs> the cider shed cod piece. What is that noise in the background, Kerry? It's a bit of port. Okay, okay, as long as it's port. Yeah. That's right, What that's did fine. you think it was? It sounded like you were leaving yourself into yes, a, a bucket. you said this last week. You yeah. pour drinks too. i got to say, that sounded like box wine to me, Kerry. I can, I can do it again. Like, Go on. It's not box wine. Can you hear it? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I can do it too. Mine's got more of a glug because I've got a pourer. Mine's Oporto Ruby. Perfectly balanced port full of fresh fruit flavours from Ocado. Product of Portugal. So it's left over from Christmas. Is it? Was it left over in the stocking like the mini bottle of Prosecco that Tracy took over to Susan's? Oh, I mean, you can't share a mini bottle of Prosecco, can you? It's barely one glass anyway. Clearly can't because it didn't work. No, it didn't. So, Kerry. Yeah? If people want to leave us a review. Oh, yeah. How do they do that? Okay. Technically, well, the instructions are always below our podcast episode details, aren't they? How to actually do it. Uh, And I would like to thank... At the end of last week's podcast, I sort of went, oh, thank you for all your reviews, because I realised we were closing off and I hadn't thanked people. Um, so I would like to say thank you to Quite Cross Now, who left a lovely five star review. Such a lovely episode. The Cider Shed is always a great listen. And this week was no exception. That was put on December 21st. Morello 7777. Loved our chat with Madeline Leslie, RMH2107. I really enjoy this podcast. I've recommended it to fellow Archers fans who believe it is a participant sport or possibly a documentary, they say. And we've got a new one this week, which I really liked because it says... It's from Susie Jack and says, Thank you for your brilliant podcast. Your waffling on helps me pass the (laughs) time. She's not wrong. Your waffling on (laughs) helps me pass the time here in Italy. And the title of that review is Archers in Abruzzo, which is probably pronounced totally incorrectly. But I've never heard of Abruzzo. It's probably beautiful in Abruzzo. You've never heard of it? No. Yeah, I'm familiar with Abruzzo because I, uh, if I, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong as well, but I worked with a whole bunch of lovely Italian people when I lived in Dublin. And mm. um, it's near Rome, isn't it? Don't say, isn't it to me? I've just said I don't know where it is. Well, in, in, from my, from my memory, it? it's around Rome somewhere. Well, I've been to Rome. Isn't it coastal? Uh, I went to Rome all by, well, not all by myself, with my brother two years younger than me when we were about 12 and 10 without any adults were you follow what yeah did you we yep i went to menorca without my mm. parents when i was 10 that was fun <laughs> yeah good on you you see oh, well me and my brother we went to stay with you have you heard of michael nyman i've heard of michael knight the guy from knight rider who drives <laughs> a fancy car with a red light at <laughs> the front well michael nyman is just like him well we were staying with his brother you're joking. No, they're friends. Well, that's ruined the next family. two truths and one lie, hasn't it? Yeah, it was great. Lovely time we had. Any road. I don't know if it is. I've put in Abruzzo on my Googles. Yeah, east of Rome, Adriatic coastline. Yeah, the, the crux of this is thank you very much for your five-star review. <laughs> yes, rather a long-winded thank you for a very short review. Yeah, but keep them coming. Honestly, we love to see the words that you write. They mean so much to us. We get so excited and share them between each other on our WhatsApp group. And um, if you haven't done one yet, please do. It does really help the podcast as well. It it makes it more visible to other people if you read a review and you write something. So please do that. Yeah. I mean, somehow we're accidentally in the comedy category. Last week, we were 130 in the comedy podcasts in the UK. 
God knows how, because there's very competent comedians above and below us. Ooh. But yeah, how we manage that, I don't know. I'd love to but... know who's below us. Yeah, me too. I'll have, to, I'll have <laughs> another look. <laughs> Kerry, if people want to get in touch on Twitter, how do they do that? Um, yeah, please go to at the Cider Shed Pod on Twitter. There was a marvellous thing happened this week. Sarah I'm sorry about the pronunciation. The scriptwriter on The Archer, she tweeted one of our tweets along with some other ones because she was the scriptwriter who wrote the vulva and vagina script this week. And she rather enjoyed our tweet about that. So that was an exciting moment. We've got an Instagram, same as Twitter, at the Cider Shed Pod. As I said, me and Kerry, we came straight out of the holidays, right back into work. Been a little bit busy, but I will be back on Instagram and posting your reviews, etc. in the very near future. You can get in touch also on email, anything you want to ask us. We probably won't get round to answering those until Patreon specials because they're a little bit scandalous, the kind of questions we get asked. You can message us at hello at thesidershed.com. Kerry, a little bit of a shout out to the fantasy football. Yes, that was exactly what I was going to ask you. Warbish Dream Team is in fourth. Well, yes. Who, Chelsea who, who, Horribin who? FC is in 14th. Oh, is that you? <laughs> yeah. 14th? Yeah. Good heavens. What's going who's, on with my who's team? The, who's top, you know, one, two, three? Who are they? At top, we've got um, L.A. Brown, Julie Fremantle in second, Andrew Beasley in third. Mm-hmm. Fourth, Kerry and Max. Mm-hmm. Let's do, yeah. Uh, what have we got down here? I'm in 14th. Liam, who set up is in 11th uh scrolling down scrolling down <laughs> scrolling down scrolling down okay uh in 20th 22nd actually now because more people have joined the league <laughs> how many points relegate the archers peter fickling how many points does he have overall yeah 671 do you want to know how many you have kerry yeah 1075 <laughs> I'm surprised he's got 600 odd. Yeah, particularly as he has Marcus Alonso in defence who left for Barcelona in September. <laughs> of course, he'll be, you know, just proudly smug of his incompetency, won't he? Well, he says he has faith in his boys. Oh. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, well, yeah, there's time, I suppose. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess, Kerry... As mm. delirious as we are, we should probably yeah. wrap this up. Otherwise, we'll probably keep talking till around midnight and that won't oh, be good yeah. for the listener, will it? All right. Well, I mean, that's all it for tonight from the um, Cider Shed Codpiece. <laughs> yeah. We'll be here next week. Can't wait to hear how Peter's move went. Yeah, let's hear it. He's, he's going to be, I reckon by next week, he's going to have a big old Captain Birdseye beard and be puffing on a pipe. Ah, is that what happens when you go to Folkestone? Well, it's one of two things, isn't it? You either become like kind of a Ernest Hemingway type character looking out to sea and becoming all knowledgeable, or he's going to have his binoculars out like Farage moaning about people coming <laughs> over in dinghies. <laughs> well, I was going to say that, yeah. See you next week, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Hang on.